everyone. Welcome to the Voice of My Beloved podcast. This is Brayden and Tally. We are working through the Song of Songs. Uh, beautiful study here. Uh, let me think. We've had, we just give you a little update of what we've been up to. We had Hebrew students here for a month and uh, that was fun. It was very fun. It's been, we're in the middle of the winter here. It actually snowed yesterday and it hasn't snowed for like two years, I don't think. And so that was really fun. Children were sledding and throwing snowballs and stuff. That was fun yesterday. <laughs> and we're getting ready for a girls internship that's coming up soon. Uh, and the guys internship is after that. And the very exciting event that we have coming up is Joel Salatin is coming for two days. And so we're really praying for a really big turnout. Uh, it's, it's very exciting. He's, he's, uh, he's going to give a whole uh, presentation over two days. It's called Healing Farms Family Faith. He's going to be talking about his experience. Uh, he's got had a lot of success in the homesteading. And uh, so, yeah, I'm super excited about that. I'm excited about all the people coming out for it. He's known as America's most famous farmer. Most famous farmer. So yeah. I'm not sure what farming circle that is, but I think, well, he's written a lot of books. and Yeah. So I think he's just yeah, in the well farming known. Circ- yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. a farmer knows who Joel Salentin is. Yeah, right I've now. asked a few people around. I, I think in like row cropping, you know, like more of your industrial farming, he's probably not much known. Uh-huh. But as far as your homesteading crowd, you know, people, families living off the land, I think he's yeah. pretty much a household name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's he's great. So we're, you know, everyone, y'all should come out and get to learn with us all, all of his his, his tidbits of information. He's also a really strong believer. So I'm, it's, it's always very exciting to see that. And loves Israel. And loves Israel. Yeah. Yeah. So that's super exciting. So we're going to jump into the Song of Songs here. Okay. Here we are. Uh, chapter six, verse seven. Uh, we didn't quite finish off this last little piece of that's been repeated in chapter six. Uh, so we're just going to finish this off here. Like a piece of pomegranate are your temples behind your veil. So here, looking at pomegranates, uh, I think we mentioned before, Tally loves pomegranates. Uh, it's one of her favorite, one of your oh, favorite yeah. fruits, right? Yep. And uh, <laughs> so here, it's interesting. It's like a piece of pomegranate. You know, it's not saying just a pomegranate, but a piece of pomegranate indicating it's been broken open. Mm-hmm. And uh, pomegranates broken open are just really beautiful. They are. The inside yeah. of them is just so mm-hmm. beautiful, so intricate. Mm-hmm. And so he's saying her, uh, her temples behind her veil are like this pomegranate. And so it's really speaking of her uh, being open and her emotions. You know, the, the temples could also uh, be referring to the cheeks. Uh, it's It could also be understood as cheeks. So mm-hmm. the cheeks are what speak of the emotions, whether you're happy or sad. And so he's the bridegroom is speaking to the bride. Your emotions are beautiful. They're open before me. You're not uh, walled up. You're not, mm-hmm. you know, when you come before me in prayer, when you come, when you're relating to me, you're not, you know, stiff and, and, you know, not wanting to have communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no walls. Basically you're, you're open before me and your heart is beautiful, like an open pomegranate. Mm-hmm. And then it adds behind your veil, uh, which speaks of her modesty, her discretion. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is a, a beautiful picture of the bride that she is. She has these uh, beautiful emotions on the inside, but she's not flaunting it. She's not, you know, talking about how, you know, 
close she is to God and, um, you know, in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a spiritual pride, you know, right, way. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely a place to boast in God. The scripture speaks of boasting in the Lord, right? That he is right. our strength. He is our salvation. But sometimes in spiritual things, there can be this kind of crossing the line of, you know, exaggerating and, you know, and, and, uh, but the bride's not that way. She's humble, but mm-hmm. yet she's close to the Lord. She's close to him. Mm-hmm. So this is a, a beautiful thing, uh, a beautiful picture of the bride. I love Psalm 116. It says, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. And this is the psalmist speaking of walking before God. You know, we're surrounded by a physical world. We're surrounded by people. And oftentimes our devotion, our commitment can be based on in front of people, mm-hmm. right? We, we want to be living to please people, right. you know, whether we're serving them, yeah. whatever, which is, I think there's some legitimacy to that. We want to be a blessing to the people around us, of course. Right. But above that, you know, the first commandment, Love the Lord your God. And so I, I love this verse in Psalm 116. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. So, you know, walking with God, walking before God, you know, in his sight, that means, you know, in, in the open where people see us, but also in private mm-hmm. where no one sees us. And that's the bride. She's, she's uh, going to walk in transparency before God in public and in private. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And like Brain said, just to give the context here of the bridegroom, she, you know, he's really praising the bride and this whole section, he's kind of repeated. Uh, this is a repeating of another pra- bit of praise, but now going into this next verse, this is, this is brand new. And it's uh, again, like every time when he kind of is sharing something new in praise of the bride. It's always such an amazing, a beautiful praise, you know, and just such an encouragement um, to just how, I mean, it's just so, I, I think it's just mind boggling how his love for us, it, it's just like, why, you know, how, how, how could that be? Uh, but that's, you know, that's the, that's his heart. So, yeah. So here at verse eight, there are 60 queens and 80 concubines and virgins without number. This is a little bit of a mysterious passage. Don't really know what the 60 or the 80 mm-hmm. is referring to. Uh, it seems to be overall and in general, this is kind of the general consensus is that it's speaking of the royal court mm-hmm. and that Solomon here is contrasting the bride with all that are in the royal court. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he, there's one because then he follows it says, my dev, my perfect one is the only one. He's basically saying right. there's all these in the court, in the uh-huh. royal court, but there's one that I really love. Yeah. And so uh, we know Solomon had a lot of wives, you know, a lot of concubines. And so in the natural, we kind of see this picture of, you know, he has all these, but there's, there's one that he really, really loves. Mm-hmm. And so, but spiritually speaking, it's speaking of possibly the angels, possibly you know, the heavenly, uh, beings, but there's one that Yeshua really loves. The one that he died for mm-hmm. is the bride. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't die for the angels. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't, he died to redeem mankind. He didn't die for the four living creatures. You no, know, they're incredible beings, mm-hmm. but he died for his people. He died for the bride to redeem the bride. And so, uh, I like the passion translation. I don't know if you've heard of this translation before. It's a kind of a, uh, allegorical kind of a, a poetic he he just draws on different uh some of the he goes into the hebrew the aramaic in different places but he, this is the way he renders this verse here he says i could have chosen any from among the vast multitude 
of royal ones who follow me, but one is my beloved dove. So, mm-hmm. so he, he's just, yeah. you know, capturing this idea that there's a lot of options, but I, I'm choosing you. Mm-hmm. I'm choosing the bride, the redeemed people of God mm-hmm. as my partner. And so that's uh, it speaks to us individually, you know, that, wow, you know, corporately as part of the bride, but then individually, Yeshua loves you personally. Mm-hmm. He loves you. He loves you with an incredible amount of love. You know, going back, we've mentioned this before, but John 15, as the father loved me, I also have loved you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's mind blowing. Yeah, <laughs> That's the amount of love that he has for his people. And uh, so, yeah, all the options, but, oh, you're the one I love. You are the one that I've set my affections on. I'm willing to die for. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I love this picture and I feel like, you know, all of us have like a different kind of piece of, you know, like God, you know, like some piece of Yeshua's heart in us. And, um, I feel like, I don't know if you've been around the circles, but I, I think I, um, maybe IHOP maybe has, has been like, uh, you're the favorite one or you're right. his favorite, you know? And, and it's and at first when I heard that, you know, it's kind of a strange thing to hear. It's like your favorite. Yeah. But everyone can't be his favorite. You know, everyone can't be his only one. And that's what he's saying here. I mean, he's going Queens, you know, they're amazing. 60 of them. There's 60 of them though. You know, concubines, they're chosen, you know, there's 80 of them virgins, people that have set themselves apart, man, they're, they're without number. They're great. They're without number, but man, there's one, like one favorite one and that's you. And, um, and so it is, it's kind of a mind boggling thing, but I feel like, um, I kind of used to hear it and be like, Oh, whatever. I don't get what that is. But, um, I, I really love people. I, re- I think that's like one of my things that God's like kind of. It's one of your weaknesses. It's one, <laughs> no, I, one of my strengths and one of my weaknesses. I love people. And um, I sat there one night thinking about a certain friend and I was just like, oh, she is just the best. She is my favorite person. And then like the next day it would be like someone else like, oh, she is like the best best I just she is my favorite and I kind of I was just like I totally get that now like it was I had this kind of revelation of it of like because everyone is so unique like everyone like God created each one of us like fearfully and wonderfully and everyone is so unique and intricately designed that he can say that you're my favorite because there's no one else like you, you know, and he can just say that about every single person. So anyways, I just want <laughs> yeah. wanted to kind of share my kind of my uh, revelation of that or whatever that like, I really think that's true. Like that when he looks at you, he says, you're my favorite. I never made anyone else like you. You're the only one. You're my favorite. Anyways. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. it's a special quality. You hear grandchildren talking about the grandparent that they felt like, they were the favorite one of their, and that's yeah. a special quality. You know, a lot of them would say, you know, I felt like he, that I was my the grandfather's favorite, favorite one. <laughs> but I think that's the heart of God as well, that we each mm-hmm. feel this specialness, you know, in his heart. Uh-huh. And, and that really defeats a sense of competition with others, right? Mm-hmm. When you, when you know that God is not, you know, looking mm-hmm. at others and going, oh, I really like them more than I like you, you know, because right. that can really defeat and it can really quench spiritual desire it can quelch yeah pursuit of god mm-hmm. uh, i mean it reminds me of peter he's walking along the shore with yeshua after yeshua is risen from the dead and 
uh, he, Peter turns around and goes, you know, what, what about John? You know, because John's the beloved one, right? He's this really special one. And it's almost like Peter's asking, like, you know, what, what's the... We're close. Yeah. What about that guy? <laughs> what about John? You should have said, don't, don't worry about him. You know, it's like, you know, so I think that's a good message for us. You know, yeah. we individually have something to, special to offer God. Yeah. And he values us for that individual gift that we have to offer. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then, but then as a corporate too, I think, you know, really the song of songs can be understood individually, but I think the bigger picture is yeah. corporately, you know, that mm-hmm. God's looking at the corporate bride of right. Messiah Oh, this is the one. Yeah. This is the one. Which if you have to go Romans 12, you got to go back there because that's, it's how the individual is, makes up the whole and like, it doesn't work outside of that. And so right. that's, what's so beautiful about it is that <laughs> it's the favorite bride, but then it's all of the inter- individual things that make up the bride that every bit of it is so important and right. so great. Right. So, yeah. Okay, so verse nine, my dove, my perfect one is the only one, the only one of her mother, the favorite of the one who bore her. So here, as we mentioned before, this is a, a repeat of something that's been repeated about the, uh, this, that's been mentioned before, mm-hmm. is the, the, mother. the mother being the, you know, the one that brings forth this uh, child this, or this bride. And so uh, look at Galatians 4.19, my little children for whom I labor and birth again until Messiah is formed in you. So here, Paul, he's speaking to the Galatians. Yeah, I'm, I've been laboring for you. I'm, I'm laboring. The Messiah would be formed in you. And uh, so he's almost like this mother, you know, he's laboring. And so this is us as we're discipling others, as we're seeking to be a witness for God in the earth. We're called to labor as a mother would labor and bring forth children. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is a, this is speaking of the mother is, is the body and the bride is the body. They're kind mm-hmm. of, they function in both uh, both capacities really mm-hmm. in the, in the song of songs, the mother is bringing forth the bride. And then the, the in some ways, you know, it's the same people that are the bride. Right. <laughs> so right, right. it's this uh, kind of this, functioning in both yeah. roles. And then first Thessalonians two, seven, but we were gentle among you just as nursing as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. So here again, Paul, he's like, I was like a mother with you. I was, you know, nourishing you, wanting to see you grow in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then we say, uh, see here, Song of Songs 8, 5, jumping forward a little bit. I wakened you under the apple tree. There your mother brought you forth. There she who bore you brought you forth. So here the bride is, again, brought forth by the mother. And this is where God awakened you. You're born again. you know. And God uses the spiritual mother, the body of Christ, to bring you forth spiritually. You know, whether that's through... Uh, you know, evangelism, discipleship, teaching, whatever the body is used to bring you forth. It's a supernatural thing. You know, God's spirit is working, but he's a lot of times working through the mother, the Uh body to bring you forth. Just as God brings forth a natural child through a mother, right? He brings forth a spiritual children through the mother, the Mm -hmm. body of Messiah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So moving on here to, uh, Let's go on uh, here, uh, the rest of this verse here. Uh, The daughters saw her and called her blessed, the queens and the concubines, and they praised her. So uh, the bride is is praised. It reminds us of Proverbs 31, the woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Mm -hmm. And so all these others in the, you know, going back to the heavenly picture, you know, all these heavenly beings, they're like, wow, the bride is amazing. You know, they're, they're a, the angels are assisting the bride. The, the scripture speak of, you know, the angels helping the bride. There's this, like the, they're serving the bride to bring her forth as a, 
as a gift in a way to mm-hmm. to Yeshua to the bridegroom, mm-hmm. and so they're praising her. They're like, "Wow, uh, this is amazing! This bride that's being made ready." Yeah, I'm also thinking about on like on Shabbat when we read uh, Proverbs 31. A lot of times we do Shabbat with my parents. And so I'm just thinking about like, as we're reading Proverbs 31, how I'm in both of the roles because my children come up and they bless me and then I bless my mother. And so I'm kind of in the role of the daughter and the mother there. Right. And just kind of, (laughs) just how that's talking kind of about the same thing is that we're praising, (laughs) you know, we're praising this whole picture of the bride. Like we can be a part of the praising, but then we also are praised as well. So right. Just walking in both of those places. Yeah. And I would just add here something that I believe is really needful. You know, we want to be prophetic. We want to be calling forth God's people. You know, wherever you're at in life, you may be a sibling in a family. You might be a a mother, a father, wherever you're at in life. You want to see people grow. You know, as Paul mentioned, you want to see them being matured and growing in their relationship. And that requires some element of prophetic you know, you're speaking correction sometimes. You're, mm-hmm. Yeah, you may sometimes you know need to say, "Hey, you know, that's not right to do that." Uh, but what I see in the Song of Songs that I feel like is a really important key yeah. is the power of praise. Mm-hmm. You know, mixed in with that corrective element, we must be people that are praising, that are encouraging, right. and that's what we see really impacting the bride. It's the bridegroom's praise of her mm-hmm. that brings her forth to maturity, and. I think that's so powerful and it's something that Tally and I have actually talked about recently with our own children. Mm-hmm. We want to, you know, cause you find yourself correcting all the time, you know, cause children <laughs> are, you know, they're children. They're going to do right. funny, silly things. But, uh, and our children are amazing. I love my children, yeah. I, I, but, but I'm just saying one of the things that we've talked about is wanting to be encouragers as well, you know, really trying to hone in on when they're doing something well and, and encourage them in that. Yeah. So yeah, the bride will be praised. And, uh, I think that's part of her victory. Uh, it's part of her, uh, overcoming the enemy is the bridegroom. Our bridegroom Yeshua is up there saying you can do all things, you know, right. you are washed in the blood. You are an overcomer. He's speaking life over us. And that's what equips us to overcome. Mm-hmm. Yep. Go ahead. Verse 10. Who is she who looks forth as the morning fair as the moon Clear as the sun, awesome as an army with banners. So we'll look at this, each phrase. So who is she who looks forth as the morning? Uh, Proverbs 4.18, it says, But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. And uh, this is a verse I've really grown to love over the years. I just love this because it speaks of when we follow the path of justice, when we po- follow God's path, it gets ever brighter. And I can just testify to that, that, you know, mm-hmm. following God, it gets so much more clear mm-hmm. all the time. Right. And uh, so it's, a, who, who is this who looks forth as the morning? The bride is, is uh, looking forth like the morning dawn, you know, she's come out of, of, you know, she was going through a, a night season there, right? Mm-hmm. She was coming out and so she, but she's looking forth as the morning, the night season would be the time when the bridegroom has just, you know, she was grappling, you know, she was in the night, right? You know, mm-hmm. she was looking for him and couldn't find him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now she's looking forth as the morning. She, she's seeing that what she had hoped to see, right? That dawning of victory. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, earlier in the song, she said, until the day breaks and the shadows flee away. She's, she's longing for this day of when the, the morning's going to dawn. And this is speaking of a time when she's going to stand in full victory. 
She says, no compromise, no shadows. It says, you know, until she's looking for it until the day breaks and the shadows flee away. Shadows would speak of, you know, areas of compromise, like the sun is not shining totally, you know, I'm not totally enveloped in the light. So until the day breaks and the shadows flee away, uh, she's, she's looking forward to that day. And now we're seeing this. The bridegroom is saying she's looking forth as the morning. Uh, there's, there's no compromise. She's worked through compromise. She's worked through the shadows. Mm -hmm. Now she's standing in the morning light there. There's no darkness. There's no shadows. Mm -hmm. And this is where the bride is going. This is, you know, there may be areas in your life where you go, Oh my, how do I overcome this? This is a, a besetting sin. The scripture talks about, uh, but the bride also worked through that. She worked through that immaturity. She worked through those areas of, of grappling of, you know, oh my, I, I failed in that point again. But where she's heading is this place of full victory, standing in the full light and the glory. And, and that hope, I believe, gives us strength to overcome. Yeah. Uh, so this is a, a powerful thing that the bridegroom speaks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's so much clarity in the morning too, just in the morning sun, you know, even if it's cloudy out, like everything just is so crisp and clear in the morning. I don't think Braden thinks I should talk about the morning much. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I have a hard time getting up real early in the morning, but <laughs> especially this time of year. I'm going to get better, though. As soon as that sun starts coming out a little early. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, and also, I think, you know, this is speaking of uh, she's looking forth as the morning, and the morning speaks of God's mercy uh, several times in Scripture. And so she's realized, too, that this place of standing in the light, standing is, is only because of God's mercy. It's not because of, you know, her willpower, her, you know, ability. She's, oh, wow. She's, she looks forth as the morning. She's experiencing God's mercy that has brought her to this place. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to share a few Scriptures. This is something that really stood out to me uh, years ago. But how, how often the morning and God's mercy are, are combined in the scripture. We have Psalm 59, 16, but I will sing of your power. Yes, I will sing aloud of your mercy in the morning. Psalm 92, 2, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. It's great when you wake up in the morning just to declare, you know, God, you are full of love. You are full of mercy today. It's a, uh, a great thing to do in the morning. And then Psalm 143.8, I love this passage, cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning. David here is praying, God, I need you to open my ears. You know, a lot of times we wake up, kind of that morning fogginess that we're kind of working through, and uh, the enemy is contending for us in that beginning part of the day to, you know, yield to him. But David here, he's praying, God, open my ears to hear your loving kindness in the morning. And uh, when we can hear that, we can hear him speaking his loving kindness over us. It sets us up for a, a good day, you know, no matter what happens. Mm -hmm. But when we can hear his loving kindness. Oh, wow. God loves me. Mm -hmm. Nothing, nothing can shake me now. Mm -hmm. Nothing can stop me. And then Psalm 90 verse 14. Oh, satisfy us early with your mercy. Or it could also be satisfy us in the morning with your loving kindness. Uh, the word early there is actually the word boker, which is the Hebrew word for morning. And uh, all these all these words, uh, there is either mercy or loving kindness. Uh, they're all the Hebrew word chesed, which is uh, a powerful Hebrew word. I'm not sure if we've discussed it before, but uh, it implies covenantal. There's a covenantal aspect to it of that God has made covenant with us, mm -hmm. and so it's covenant. Really, it's covenantal loving kindness. Mm -hmm. I heard uh, one person describe it as when the one who owes you nothing gives you everything. 
And so it's just a, an amazing picture of God's love for us. He didn't owe us anything. You know, he didn't have to redeem us. He didn't have to love us, but he, he gave us everything. Mm-hmm. So this word chesed is a very powerful word. Uh, I, I encourage you to even look into it further. There's a lot to this word. Mm-hmm. Uh, last one here. There's five of these references that I found uh, that connect God's loving kindness, his chesed, in the morning. And this is the last one. I'm sure most all of you are familiar with this one. Lamentations 3.22. Through the Lord's chesed, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not, they are new every morning. Mm-hmm. And so this shining forth, she's shining forth as the morning. She's full of God's mercy. She's full of God's, uh, his chesed. And that's really what's brought her to the place she's at. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then uh, beautiful is the moon. Uh, the moon we know is a, it was ordained by God in the very beginning, uh, of Genesis as a light in the night. And so that's what the bride is, is going to be. It is, it's this, you know, there's darkness in the world, but the bride is that light reflecting the light of the sun Mm -hmm. that, you know, Yeshua is that light of the sun. And so the bride is reflecting that light in the middle of the night, uh, when the sun's not, you know, there, but the, but the sun is still reflecting. Mm-hmm. Even when you don't see the visible sun, mm-hmm. the, the moon is still there reflecting that light into yeah. the world. Yeah. So. It's kind of like a picture of how our beauty is all in him, you know, like just, the, right. uh, which I have to point out, we just walked over here and the moon's out and it's really beautiful. Tonight. Oh yeah. Really nice. <laughs> it's just big and round and clear through the sky. It's very beautiful moon. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful as the moon. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and uh, yeah, the moon, the moon has no light of its own, right? It's only reflecting the light that's reflected off the sun. And so that's, that's a a really good thing to remember is that we need to be spending time in the presence of Yeshua in order that we could shine his light to the Mm -hmm. world around us, just light of the darkness. Mm -hmm. It goes on clear as the sun. It's interesting here. You know, uh, it also sees her as, uh, compares her to the sun and, uh, she's shining forth as we mentioned, the light of Yeshua is Christ in her, the hope of glory. She's shining forth his light. I uh, found the scripture in Matthew 13, 43 that goes along with this as well. Then the righteous shall shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. So this righteous bride is going to shine forth clear as the sun. Uh, We're going to shine. That's amazing to think about. You know, we see the scripture talking about Yeshua, that his face shines like the sun. And wow, there's a lot of light that's coming out of the sun, but also the bride. Mm-hmm. The righteous in the kingdom to come are going to shine forth with this powerful light. Well, that's hard to even imagine that we're going to shine forth that amount of light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, says awesome is an army with banners again. You know, this is mentioned earlier in this chapter. Now it's mentioning it again. It's always fascinating when there's something repeated in the in the scriptures, especially in the same, you know, pretty you know, similar context. So. Uh, interesting, the first time she's compared to an army of banners is after an earthly comparisons, right? Uh, she was saying, you know, you're lovely as Jerusalem and Tirzah. And so these are, you know, earthly cities. And, and then he says, you're awesome as an army with banners. So this, that time he said it over her is speaking of her victory in, over her, the earthly trials that she's overcome saying, you know, you basically have come forth the banners speaking of victory, you know, an army with banners is one that has identity, 
it has purpose. They're holding up, you know, you see these pictures from World War II of the, you know, as long as you get that flag standing, right? There's this mm-hmm. major battle to, you see all these soldiers, you know, gather around the flagpole to keep it standing up. And as long as that flag's flying, it gives morale, it gives courage to the soldiers. And so here, the bride, she's gotten victory over these earthly trials. She's come through these major trials and she's got victory. Mm-hmm. And so now this time, he's just compared her to the sun, the moon. And then he says, you're an awesome, awesome as an army with banners. Mm-hmm. This time is speaking of her victory in, in the heavenly realm. And even in the, the kingdom to come, cause we're going to be a part of his army, mm-hmm. right? In the kingdom to come, uh, we're going to reign with him over the earth. And so that's what's thought is that this second time he's referring to you're awesome as an army with banners. You've overcome your, you know, revelation speaks of the overcomers. You're going to also reign with me as an army, bringing justice and righteousness to the earth. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but speaking of this kind of this yeah. heavenly nature, you know, of, of God's just like the sun and the moon are in the heavens, mm-hmm. God's kingdom is going to come down and we're going to be a part of that, mm-hmm. you know, of bringing his justice, his righteousness into mm-hmm. the earth like yeah. an army with banners, a victorious yeah. army, defeating the devil, defeating the demonic forces mm-hmm. of the earth. Yeah. I was just also thinking about, um, going back to the moon. Um, just the beauty of the moon might be in its humility as well, mm. you know, because it's really, you know, you think of the moon, it's kind of a humble thing, right? right. But it is beautiful, but it's, it's like, it, it doesn't, you know, shine its own light <laughs> in other words. So just the, the beauty in that, and that's where there's victory as well is when you allow, you know, Yeshua to shine through you and stuff. So, um, just the beauty of that, that humility there too. Right. Yeah. So I pray over all of you out there, our listeners, that you would be strengthened, that you would hear God's mercy in the morning and that would strengthen you to be an overcomer, that you would be like the bride with the army of banners carrying that flag, carrying that banner of love mm-hmm. and lighting up the world around you. May you yes. be greatly blessed. Amen. This is Braden and Tally reminding you to listen to the voice of your beloved bridegroom. He's coming quickly. Yes.